Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. I'm your host, Dave Wakeman. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. Any listing, any sector, anywhere, Booking Protect has you covered with the world's most comprehensive refund protection product. To find out how you and your organization can partner with Booking Protect to deliver a world-class customer service experience, more customization in your customer's purchase path, and how you and your organization can create a brand new stream of revenue, visit them at www.bookingprotect.com. Once again, that's www.bookingprotect.com. Come see me and Booking Protect CEO Simon Mab at the Ticketing Professionals Conference in Sydney, Australia on the 14th and 15th of November. Simon and I will be there. I'm going to be giving the opening keynote address on change and innovation in tickets and in the world around us. And Simon's going to be talking about customer service. We're going to be doing a couple of really cool things to, to celebrate our trip to Australia. So to find out how you can hook up with me and Simon, send me an email at daviddavewakeman.com. And make sure you get your tickets immediately at, by visiting the conference's website at www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. That email address again is www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. Launching today is a brand new newsletter coming from me called Talking Tickets. Each Friday, modeled on two people that do something that I think is really great. Uh, Tony Knopp, if you don't follow him on Twitter, he's at Tony Knopp, does three things he's learned over the course of the week and gives you a little bit of insight into why those things are important. He talks about the world of sports and tickets and tech. Uh, and also, a guy called Tim Ferriss, who wrote The 4-Hour Body, The 4-Hour Work Week, does a thing called 5-Bullet Friday. So my new newsletter is called Talking Tickets. Five stories that you should have probably maybe been paying attention to this week or that came up this week and why they're important to you. Uh, real short to the point, probably less than three or four hundred words. You can get that newsletter by emailing me for now until I get the landing page situation worked out. You, but that email is dave at davewakeman.com and put ticket or talking tickets in the subject line. Again, that's dave at davewakeman.com, put talking tickets in the subject line. Finally, did I tell you that besides giving the keynote address in Sydney, Australia at the Ticketing Professionals Conference, I'm going to be doing a one-day workshop called Fans for Life, Creating and Keeping the Modern Fans on Monday, the 18th of November in Sydney, Australia. Or, I'm talking, sorry, the 18th of November in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, Melbourne, the home of sports. In this workshop, we are going to cover a lot of ground. And this is going to be one of my... Um, most intense and great events that I've ever put on. The first one I'm ever doing in Australia. But it's going to help you answer the question that every organization in the world is asking themselves right now, which is how can we grow our fan base and our audience? Uh, in this workshop, we're going to cover things like the fan marketing funnel. We are going to talk about uh, the fan marketing model. We are going to talk about how to understand fan life cycles. Um, packages, personalization, revenue, understanding lifetime fan value, uh, customer journey, renewing tickets, uh, creating a fan first commitment, a fan bill of rights, customer service, technology, building relationships, accountability, and a whole lot more. You can find that event by visiting Eventbrite and typing in my name or fans for life. And 
creating keep and keeping the modern fan. Uh, again, that's going to be on the 18th of November in Melbourne, Australia. I hope to see you there. My guest today is a guy by the name of Anthony Esposito. He is the vice president of ticket operations with the Atlanta Braves, my childhood team. Um, we talked about a lot of stuff. I wanted to have Anthony on because Anthony and I are buddies from Intix. Anthony's heavily, heavily involved in Intix. So we cover Intix, right? We talk about baseball. We talk about, um, you know, Anthony's career path and kind of how he's like progressed from starting out um, with the with the uh, with the Charlotte Bobcats and then the Hornets um, and moved on to the Braves. Uh, we talk about some of the really cool things that the Braves have done with Sun- moving into SunTrust Park. We talk about, you know, they're adop- adopting a fully mobile venue. Um, it, you know, they offer a great experience. We talk about customer service. Um, we talk about um, the business de- intelligence par- department at the Braves have. We talk about training. One of the cool things is they talk about three basics of service uh, that the Braves train all of their service people on. And it's great. We talk about VR, marketing, um, promotions, the history of the Braves, a whole lot of stuff. I don't think the only thing we don't really talk about is that how John Smoltz was my favorite player and I totally should have bought a John Smoltz t-shirt. Um, but this is a really great conversation. We cover a lot of stuff. Uh, people have been asking me to do more with sports teams. So I wanted to get Anthony on because if I'm going to do a lot more with some some of the teams, uh, if he seemed like a great place to start. Uh, I would point you towards, before I forget, look at GAPTA, G-A-P-T-A. That is um, the Georgia Association of Ticketing Professionals that will be having their semi or every other year um, conference on November 5th at SunTrust Park. And it's going to be a great opportunity. Unfortunately, I won't be there because I will be in Australia, but I think it's totally something you should be checking out. And like Anthony mentions on the podcast, make sure you're checking out Intix in New York in January of 2020. Um, But without any more because this has been a very long intro here is my conversation with anthony esposito from the atlanta braves on the business of fun podcast i want to welcome anthony esposito from the atlanta braves to the business of fun podcast what's happening man how much dave how are you oh i'm great i'm great i um Recently, I was asking people what they wanted more of, and they were like, well, can you get some more sports people? And I was like, I can do this. So you, you're, you're the first of my many new sports people that are going to be coming on the podcast now. So, oh, perfect. perfect. Yeah, so, Thanks, thanks so, for having me. This will be great um, because, as you know, the Braves are my childhood team, so I'm sure we'll have a lot of uh, stuff to talk about here. Um, but for people who don't know you, maybe the first time, uh, you have a – I don't want to say long because I don't like me. I don't want people talking about me being around a long time. Um, but yeah. you have like a really like great career, and you've been with the Braves for a long time, and you've done some really great stuff. You're heavily involved in Intix. Um, you're heavily involved in the regional association. You're heavily heavily involved in the world of tickets. Probably, I guess, much like I am. Um, can you give people a little bit of a about your background and an introduction in case maybe they've never heard heard of you or you know heard from you before? Yeah, so I am. Uh, so my current role, I serve as the vice president of ticket operations for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with Major League Baseball, we're a Major League Baseball team located in the Atlanta, Georgia area, um, just north of town. Uh, there's 30 Major League Baseball teams spread throughout the United States, and we're fortunate to be one. So I often look at my position as I'm one of 30 people in, in the United States that does my job, which is pretty neat. Um, 
but I've been with the Braves my 14th season. Uh, started in 2006, so started right before the 2006 season. So us in the sports world like to count our we don't count our years, we count our seasons because it just sounds better. It's at least one one longer than it actually is. So 14 seasons with the Braves and a 23rd season uh, in ticketing. So I started in uh, 1997 as an intern. Uh, and junior in college was an intern with the Charlotte Knights AAA baseball team um, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, did two seasons there, was an intern for 97, graduated in 98, got hired full-time. Actually ran the retail store there for the, the summer of 98 and helped out with ticketing towards the end of the year. Uh, and then from there I went to uh, Ticketmaster based out of Charlotte, their Charlotte, North Carolina regional office uh, for almost five years through 2003, middle of 2003. Uh, got an opportunity middle of 2003 to work in the NBA with a startup franchise in Charlotte. The Charlotte Hornets had left to go to New Orleans. They were the New Orleans Hornets, so the Charlotte Bobcats um, became a franchise that was awarded to the city. Uh, so I worked for them from about a year, a year and a half before they played their first game. We started during the 0405 season, uh, so I worked for them for almost three years. I left right before the end of the 2006 season to come down here to Atlanta. Um, and been in there ever since. So born and raised in upstate New York. Uh, so I did, you know, all the way through sophomore college up in up in upstate New York, about an hour south of Albany, New York. And then I've been in the South uh, basically since 1996. I moved down my junior year of college. Yeah, you only pick up a few words that have like bled in and given you a little bit of a southern yeah. accent. No, it hasn't. It hasn't. I've, I've uh, I never really. I had. A, I guess I did have a little bit of a New York accent when I first moved down. Um, I didn't have that real thick, you know, New York City accent or Brooklyn accent, but uh, but yeah, I've definitely picked up some words along the way. And, you know, I've got four kids now, and they're all born in Georgia, so it'll be interesting. You know, they definitely have some twang in some of their words that they that they say, so it's it's fun to hear that. Well, you know, at some of these conferences, if we have an extra whiskey or two, uh, there'll be a lot of twang that comes out of my. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. That's right. So let me let me ask you. Um, you know, you've been you've been around for a few years, and one of the things that I always dig right is, and one of the things I can't encourage people enough to do is to get involved in industry things. And you are heavily involved, right? And yes. you know, and I, I I try to tell people that like some of the greatest people I know in tickets are the people who are heavily involved in the industry, and they also end up it, it, it benefits you professionally and socially and everything. Um, you know, how did you get involved so heavily involved in Intix? Uh, so I started with Intix. I, the, the guy I worked for um, at the Charlotte Bobcats, his name was Jamie Hall. I had worked for him in uh, 1997 as an intern with Charlotte Knights in 1998 as well. We became you know good friends. He was actually a groomsman at my wedding in 2003. So he hired me um, in 2006, or sorry, yeah, 2006 with the Bobcats. I'm sorry, 2003 with the Bobcats. And uh, so 2005, he got me. He kind of got me hooked up with Intix going to the conference. He he had gone. For and um, he now works for Ticketmaster, with coincidentally based in Atlanta, so we get to see each other a lot, which is which is good. Uh, but he got me involved with Intix. My first conference was 2005 out in Los Angeles, um, and ever since, you know, that first conference, just meeting people, meeting like-minded people, was kind of a big a big thing. Because you're, you know, when you work on our side of ticketing, which is more on the operations side, kind of the back end, um, you know, you're not pounding the phones, making phone calls, trying to sell seasons. You're actually trying to make sure that those people that buy, you know, pay for their tickets and, and receive their tickets and can scan into the game and they come with their tickets. Um, so just to be somewhere where there are so many like-minded people 
um, you know, your conversations at lunch, your conversations at dinner, and then, you know, after hours, we're all kind of about the same stuff. You, you spoke the same language. So, um, so I got started in 2005 and, and um, just kind of took it from there. And, and I've really enjoyed, you know, the biggest thing about Intix is, which everybody says, which you just referenced a little bit too, is the networking. Just the people you meet, um, you know, from all walks of life, from all, you know, we're not just all sports people. You know, there's arts, there's theaters, there's, you know, racetracks, um, you know, everything, everything in between, anything that has a ticket for admission, um, you know, you'll meet somebody at these conferences. Yeah, it's it's an interesting group of people, right? And I know that there was Maureen, who's the CEO, and uh, Andrew Thomas, who's on the board. They were very, very, very um, much recruited, heavily recruiting me to be involved. And I'm really excited that I'm a part of the community now because um, I've always sat in the area, like somewhere between the business people and the operations people, somewhere in the middle where you got like going, I just got to get yeah. people in the door. Um, and once I can get people in the door, I know I can monetize them. And so it's been really great to be able to go to both places and kind of understand both sides of the operation because I think sometimes, and this is not exclusive to tickets, this is exclusive to every business, is like the right hand doesn't talk to the left hand and you miss things. And so it's to me it's been really valuable. And I've, made, I've met some really great people like you and, you know, Derek Palmer and Andrew and Maureen. And, like, just it's a really great thing. And I think um, – you know, I wanted to bring that up because I think it's awesome. Um, and I th- believe, if I'm not mistaken, you're also involved in the um, planning the conference or in New York next year. Is that or? Yeah. So my current position with Intix. So I've been a member since '05. Kind of just stayed in the background for the first few years. Um, towards the end of the early 2000s, um, I started getting involved in different committees. So I was on the conference planning committee for a few conferences. Um, I was on an awards committee. Uh, so just kind of got my feet wet a little bit, just getting more involved in the organization. And then two years ago, I was fortunate enough to get nominated to be a member of the board, um, got elected. Uh, and then last year, um, I was nominated and elected to go through the chairman cycle. So currently, as of this year, I'm the chair-elect, kind of the chairman in waiting. Um, and then next year, uh, starting with the New York conference, at the end of the, the last day of the New York conference at our breakfast, it'll officially be turned over uh, from Derek Palmer with QQ uh, over to me. So I'll be the chairman for 2020, uh, starting at the New York, the end of the New York conference, and then going, you know, through uh, 2021, and then um, and then I'll go into the past chair cycle as well. So Derek will be my past chair next year. I'll be able to rely on him. To, so answer what, any questions and do, do all the dirty work for me. I was going to say, so what you're saying is that I have to continue to be nice to you and Derek for a couple more years at least. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. A couple more years. A couple more years before we're done with each other. <laughs> now, let, let me, let's talk about some baseball here. Um, okay. and, and then at the end, well, I, want to tell, I want you to tell everybody about the conference that you're hosting yeah. in Atlanta and in November, but let's talk about baseball because I just had a chance to come to a game um, a couple weeks back now at your new stadium, and it was great. I had like a, a really really nice time. Um, it's like a beautiful technology centered ballpark. It was yes. great, um, and I know it's the second year, and but technology was a big part of what you've done and how you make this the process of going to a game and engaging with the team at the ballpark was a big part of everything. You've done some really great things with mobile ticketing. Can you explain to us, uh, you know, a little bit about how you've done that and how, like, some of the successes and the, you know, the opportunities and the challenges that you have dealt with so far? 
Yes, yeah, so we, we opened SunTrust Park. Um, actually, we made our decision to move, I believe, in 2013, end of 2013. So, um, you know, we had, you know, three, two and a half, three years of kind of building this place out. One of our biggest objectives was to be a leader in the mobile ticketing space um, once we move, once we got to the point of moving in here. Um, so, you know, rewind a couple years ago, uh, prior to SunTrust Park, you know, we were still in the printed ticket and the PDF, the printed PDF space, um, which, you know, if anybody has gone to an event and you, you have the ability to print a ticket from your home computer, um, you would be amazed at how many times the same exact copy of the same exact ticket shows up at the game and it's been sold 40 times, you know, 30 times on Craigslist, 10 times on the corner, um, and the, you have 39 upset people and the one person that got here first, you know, got it. So, yeah, we had gone through all the struggles that everybody else does with, with printing tickets, and we made the decision we wanted to get into the mobile space. So fast forward to Central's Park. Um, you know, we took 80 acres of land where, where our site sits right now. Uh, we built the ballpark on, I think, I believe 15 or 16 acres, and then the rest of it was developed, um, was turned into a development. Uh, bars, restaurants, hotel, uh, retail space. There's a there's a office building. Comcast has an office building. So that's part of our relationship with Comcast. Uh, they help power uh, all of the all of the uh, Wi-Fi around here. So we have the largest, you know, most powerful, fastest Wi-Fi connection, um, which is really a driver towards going towards mobile ticketing. Because the last thing you want is to push mobile and then your people get to the gate and they can't get a signal on their phone to pull up their mobile ticket. Yeah, let uh, me let me jump in on that too. Yeah. When you say about the powers, the Wi-Fi, it was the first ballpark I've been to where I really could get a Wi-Fi. <laughs> connection so i mean it really yeah. you're not blowing smoke when you say that no it's uh, one of the things we referenced a lot when we were moving into the ballpark was um you know we won the 1995 world series and one of our highlights is the final out it's a fly ball the left center field and marquise Grissom catches it and everybody goes crazy so our reference was always you know we could have 41,000 people in the ballpark streaming that highlight at the same time and have no interruptions so that's kind of how powerful our wi-fi is um so we, we made the decision to kind of cut the cord, for lack of a better term, on, on printed PDFs um, and, and a lot of printed tickets for the most part going into Central Park. So fast forward a few seasons and and happy to report that we now see, you know, for the we're, we're, we'll have almost two, well, over 2.6 million people come through the gates um, when it's all said and done before the end of the regular season, not counting playoffs this year. 2.6 million, 70% of those people, uh, a little over 70% will enter via a mobile device, which is which is huge. Um, you know, from where from where we've come from, our first season in Central's Park, we uh, we got about half, we had about 50% of the people come in on mobile. So we've, we've been able to grow that. We're hoping to eventually, we'll never get to 100%. You know, perfect world because there'll always be printed tickets out there. Um, there'll always be tickets purchased at a window. They get printed. There'll always be player tickets that need to be printed. Um, but, you know, we're hoping to, I think, our, our end goal would be somewhere in the 90% range um, for mobile entry. And, you know, I know there's still a reluctance. And then there's people old school, kind of like me, who still really like having a printed ticket as a souvenir, yeah. right? Yes. But I, what's driving so much of the adaptation? Because 70% is fantastic. And if you can get to 90%, and after I've used your system and understand how it, it can work in a really great, you know, mm-hmm. well-laid-out system... You know what? How are you encouraging that? And like, how are you working to get towards that ninety percent? So we, so fortunately, with our relationship with Major League Baseball, um, you know they have what's called the MLB Ballpark app. So all thirty teams have access to use this app. 
Um, it's the place that we push people to go to. Um, you know, in my world, for tickets to download your or to to have your game tickets and your parking tickets, mobile barcodes within the app, but also in the game. You know, you can see what restaurants are out in the battery area. Um, there's games within the baseball game that you can play. So the mound ball, you know, the little game where in between each inning when the outs made, the umpire throws a fresh baseball towards the mound and you can kind of play a game whether the ball's going to end up on the mound or it's going to roll off the mound. So like little things like that during a game. You can you can vote for songs to be played during certain innings through the app. So we push people into the app in general. Um, so outside of just ticketing, so we don't want it to be, if it was just exclusively just for ticketing, I don't think we'd have as much adoption as we do, but since there's you know, a lot of other things you can do um, within the app, you know, we've seen a lot of success with getting people to, to, to use mobile. Plus, it's really, you know, we've, we've put additional fees on other things. So if you want to choose mobile call, you've got to pay an extra fee. If you want to have your tickets printed, you've got to pay an extra fee. So we're really you know, doing as much as we can to encourage uh, you to use the mobile option. Using incentives to get the behavior I, you want. Yes. Uh, let me ask you about the app, though, because you said you, you know, you're creating all these engagement opportunities within the app during the game. Uh, I think it was Mark Cuban said that you know he wanted to create an, an atmosphere where people were looking at the field and up all the time. And you are said you've taken the opposite approach. What led you down that path? Like, how did you, you and the Braves figure out that that was the way that, to engage your fans and you know taking people's eyes off the field? Yeah. So fortunately, Mr. Cuban's got a very fast. He's got a very fast, you know, back and forth game in the NBA. Um, Baseball is just a long, it's a very social game. It's a very long, kind of sometimes drawn out game where, you know, I, I forget the exact number, but it's it's single digit minutes, the amount of time that a ball is actually in play during a game of baseball. Uh, so there's a lot of downtime, you know, pitcher throws a ball, then, you know, you can see it from our games, a 30 second clock starts. And, and um, you know, they're waiting, you know, in between pitches and there's pitching changes in between innings. So there's a lot of downtime. So. It's more of a, uh, you know, we're, we're much more social. You know, you can guarantee a two-and-a-half, three-hour experience every time you come to a game. Um, you know, whereas, whereas in basketball or in football or hockey, you know, the, the action's right there in front of you. It's happening. It's nonstop. There's a, there's a clock. You know, they play by a clock. We don't, we don't play by a clock. Our games, we go three, four, sometimes five hours. Um, so, so, you know, we've, we've really just kind of embraced the fact that, you know, people need something else to kind of keep themselves occupied. Um, and you know things within the app. We have a one of the components that's really neat is a kind of a virtual reality. Um, so you can go within the app and hold your phone up to like Freddie Freeman's one of our big players. You can hold your phone up to the back of his jersey and kind of focus in on a picture, and stats about him would pop up. You know, would recognize that you're that you're looking at number five, Freddie Freeman. Um, and there's different part different points around the ballpark where you can go and, and hold your phone up as well and just kind of see some 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 information about the ballpark. So. Yeah, and I, and I think that, that some of that stuff, like especially when you use the stats or you use the stories about the game, you know, I'm on record all the time about being, that's where baseball really flourishes, is, you know, sort of the pace, the story, you know, some of the history, you know, it's, it's I describe it as a novel, and a lot of the other sports are like a, yes. short, are like a short story, and each, but to me, me, each game of the season's a chapter in a book that's got 162 maybe more chapters and it, it is great um you know knowing that you've done all this stuff great stuff with the app 
how are you and the Braves approaching marketing baseball? Because I know that's like a big, heavy topic right now. And, you know, overcoming the challenge of, you know, the game's a little slower or people's attention spans or whatever. Um, you know, and, and I ask that question because I want to see baseball do well because I love baseball. And, and so I'm curious how, you, how you're approaching it, especially with a new ballpark and knowing that sometimes there's a tendency for things to drop off after a ballpark opens, but hopefully yes. not. Yeah, so we uh, so we just put a winning team on the field, and that's it. We just open the doors and expect you to come in, and that's it. Um, <laughs> but no, no, uh, joking. We're fortunate that we're we're in a position right now where we do have a very good team on the field. Um, so the product is good. You know, that's obviously going to drive, especially in Atlanta. Atlanta's a very bandwagon sports town. You know, if you're doing great, they'll come out and support you. If you're not doing so great, then they'll find something else to do. So right now, we're we're one of the let's call them fickle. Fickle, fickle. There you go. Fickle, fickle fans. Keep you out of trouble. Yeah, exactly. So we're one, you know, we're one of the, the cool things to do. Um, but once once you're here, once you're on our campus, as we like to refer to it as, with the battery and, and the ballpark, um, you know, we want to entertain you. We want you. This, we want this to be an experience. Um, you know, obviously there's a baseball game that's the center of attention, but we want you to come early. We've got bars and restaurants, retail for you to go to. We've got. Um, you know, we've got a drum line. We've got entertainment. We've got uh, tomahawk team. Uh, we've got a you know a really good mascot uh, with blooper. So we want to really entertain you when you get here. Come in the game. You know, we've got a variety of food options. It's not just your hot dog and hamburger. We've got a we've got a um, extensive kids area with a zip line, a rock climbing wall. We've got carnival games. We've got kids specific retail. Uh, so we really want to try to capture you know both the young. And the older, you know, we have the baseball there for the people that are traditionalists that just want to sit and watch a game. Uh, but we've got other other things for you to do. You can customize your own jersey. Um, we've got a Braves, um, basically a Hall of Fame set up behind home plate where you can kind of see the history of the organization from Boston to Milwaukee to Atlanta and, you know, kind of take a trip down memory lane. And then once the game starts, you know, the game is happening on the field in between innings. We've got entertainment going. We've got cap shuffles. We've got, you know, one of the more popular things um, that took off on social media last year it was called Beat the Freeze. So it's a guy dressed in a spandex costume that starts in the left field corner. He has a contestant that he's racing against. The contestant gets, you know, probably a thirty yard start maybe before he's before the freeze start and then they race to the other foul hole. Um, you know, most times he wins, but that's you know our in game entertainment's pretty strong. Uh, so we try to keep the attention going. We have a lot of upbeat music we're playing and uh, we try to keep people's attention. Then after the game we hope that you spill out into the battery area. Uh, we'll have our drum line there again. We'll have some, you know, kind of a post-game party to kind of mirror the pre-game party that we had before you came in through the gates. So, um, you know, we're not we're not uh, tone deaf to the fact that it is a long game. There are short attention spans with the younger generation, uh, and we do try to we do try to uh, cover every base. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, because I know that you talked about the app and we and we joked about winning uh, solves everything, because I know that's like probably a joke that we make uh, fairly regularly um, because, it do, you know, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily cure anything. No. Um, how are you developing the relationship so that, like, you know, when the team, you know, needs to maybe goes through a, a rebuilding process or has mm-hmm. a slump in performance, that people aren't disconnected from the Braves? And I get it, right? Like, growing up in Georgia, I know how fickle 
yes. Georgia oh, sports yes. fans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, and this is just an example for people who maybe think, oh, that's BS. No, it's the Braves had, were one, what was it, four, how many in the world? 14 straight, 14, yeah, 10th, four, and five World Series appearances. Yeah. It was five or six where, like, uh, years in, and people were still going like this. They're like, going, eh, this oh, yeah. ain't going to last. <laughs> so no, that's what still, you're dealing with. Yeah, we still get some of that. I mean, we've there's three rounds. There's four rounds to the playoffs. Technically, there's the first wild card game, which is a one one game matchup, and then the loser goes home. So after that, there's three main rounds. And, um, we first one's called the National League Division Series, and we have not made it. We've made it to the National League Division Series. We have not made it out since I believe it's 2001. So I think it's almost 18 years at this point where we have not made it out of that kind of true first round. Um, of the playoffs, so it's kind of a big deal. People recognize that. But on the flip side, you know, we didn't sign a bunch of high-priced free agents to come in here. We've kind of built these guys, homegrown players, and, you know, our fans have really been able to watch them come up through the minor leagues, and now they're playing in the major leagues, and they're able to see their careers from the beginning. Um, you know, we've, we've brought in a few free agents, you know, when we've needed to to fill some pieces. So I think, you know, the fans definitely appreciate the product we're putting on the field. But from a retention side, um, we've, we've created, just like a lot of other sports teams in the last couple of years, a, a, a business intelligence group. So, um, you know, they're kind of tasked with doing a lot of, you know, you hear a lot about analysis and, um, you know, in-depth research on the baseball side and, and what they're doing, you know, look at statistical analysis and, 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 you know, trying to determine, you know, trends with players. We're doing the same exact thing on the, on the business side. Um, so the Moneyball book came out in 2001. It was all about the Oakland A's and Billy Bean and their approach and you know how they value players. We're we've adopted the same exact thing on the business side. So you know we have a value on all of our season ticket holders. You know we kind of know what they're if they're if we have a high likelihood to renew them the next year, low likelihood. You know what we can do to you know encourage them to renew. Um, and at the same time, we have it kind of in parallel to that. We also have managed our broker agreements, uh, so our secondary markets. We don't let just anybody come in here and buy a ticket that's going to just turn around and resell it on the secondary market. Um, you know, we, we manage those relationships really closely. We have a, you know, a small handful of brokers that we work with, um, and that's one way to retain them. So your, your season ticket base is not excuse me, filled with people that are going to, once you go bad, they're just going to drop the tickets. You know, our season base is filled pretty strongly with people that are going to stay true to our brand, you know, if this thing goes sideways, you know, a couple years down the road, we're not as successful as we are now. Well, I mean, I think the reality is, is that uh, any team is not going to be at the tippy tip top uh, for long, forever. And they're not going to be in, hopefully, well, I mean, there's, there are teams that do struggle for a long time, but most of the time you're, you know, you're building or there's, it's it's like a wave. Mm -hmm. And so the thing, the idea of, um, you know, keeping a score, having a money ball approach to the business so you kind of understand the life cycle of the fan is really important because I have been trying to emphasize as much as possible that fans aren't stagnant, right? They're, they're, they're not static in position and that they have a ebb and flow just like your team does, just like mm-hmm. a player does, just like everything else. So when you're looking at these scores, and if any of this stuff is like too proprietary or too tough to cut to the ball, and you let me know. Um, when you're looking at the score of people, you know how much of um, a factor is pricing, and how much of it is performance. You know, and like how like how, how does the weighting of these things play out? I think I mean pricing itself. You're going to kind of it's going to work itself out. I mean, people are going to be sitting in the price of seats that 
that they're comfortable with or that their company can afford. Um, so you just want to make sure that they have a good experience in those seats. You know, they like the people around them. One thing that we do, which I, I'm, I'm sure some other venues do, but I feel like it's pretty unique to us in our Southern hospitality is our ushers that, that are in each section prior to the season. Uh, we'll send each season ticket holder in those sections, almost like a baseball card of that usher. Like, here's your usher. Here's Dave, you know, Lakeman. He's going to be your usher for the season. He's born and raised here. His favorite Braves player is here. You know, his favorite Braves moment is this. Um, so you can kind of get to know your usher a little bit. Makes you feel a little bit more comfortable in the section you're sitting in. Um, and then, you know, we're, we have a strong CRM. Uh, we use Salesforce. So, you know, we, we get as much information as we can about what you like, what your kids' names are, what their birthdays are. Um, you know, we, we try to personalize as much as we can. We have a, we have a uh, client services department that has relationships with all of our season ticket holders. Um, so I believe there's uh, six representatives up there, and they divide the season ticket holders up equally. So each one of them has a personal relationship. Um, you know, making phone calls, sending emails, inviting them out for a, for a you know kind of shake your hand, meet and greet during the game, or going to visit them in the seats. Uh, we have season ticket holder specific events um, that we hold during the season where we'll be invited to whether it's you know meet former former players, some of our alumni, or meet current players. Or have an opportunity to hear our GM or our you know CEO speak on the business or baseball side of things. So we, we make a conscious effort to constantly be reaching out to to our core base, which is our team takeholders, and making them feel welcome. Well, it kind of lines up too when you talk about your strong CRM and you kind of make things actionable. It reminds me of the story you told at Intix this year about uh, creating magic moments, and I believe it was somebody was okay. tweeting at you. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they were asking for a beer vendor, and then yes. you were able to move the person right away. Yeah, he I'll was, let you uh, tell the story. Though. Yeah, it was a guy up in the upper level, and he sent a tweet out just complaining that there was no beer vendors around him. Um, and then you know, within we have a, we have a team during the game that sits in the office in a conference room um, that monitors all of our social media, so all the feedback we're getting, both positive and negative. But you know. Obviously, we appreciate the positives, which don't come through very often on social media in general. Uh, but, you know, looking out for the negatives, like my seat is broken or there's a terrible smell in this area, you know, maybe, you know, or there's a leak in this area. Um, so we have them constantly looking. So, yeah, last year, somebody had tweeted about, you know, there's no beer vendors in their area walking up and down the aisle. So, you know, we, we got there. We saw, I think they sent a picture and we kind of knew where they were sitting. So we went and found them and brought them a beer. So. Um, so just little things like that that you know can make you realize that there is actually a human being behind this you know Twitter or Facebook or Instagram whatever social media outlet I'm reaching out for. Uh, there are actually human beings you know with feelings and emotions sitting back there that can help you out. Yeah, there was um, and this human being thing, this human connection thing, is something that again to beat a dead uh, uh, beat a dead horse is something I talk about all the time. But it, it's really incredible, and the baseball card thing is awesome because I. I wrote down the names of the people and I lost them on my uh, my travels home. But the three yeah. people that were around the section I was in when I was at the game, they were fantastic. And I was right. like, I was like, I'm going to send Anthony a note, tell him how, yeah. how great they were. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's really it does parlay itself into like a like a great experience when you go to the ballpark because everybody it could be southern hospitality, but people make you feel welcomed. And yes. I think that is a really key factor to getting people to come back because if you don't feel like people want you there then why am i yes. coming back you know it's yeah. like a really really awesome thing um one thing though that i, I am curious about is you talked you have some a fairly substantial um 
team of people around. Moving into the new ballpark, did that increase, or was that it's been pretty steady over the last couple of years? Uh, so from what what you see on the outside coming to the game, that that number stayed pretty much the same. We have about on any given game, you know, on a high game, we'll have thousand fifteen hundred staffers between parking attendants, um, you know, ushers, ticket takers, concession workers, and then post game the crew that comes through and cleans up cleans up the ballpark, security that's there, you know, twenty four seven. For but for you know for big games we'll have. You know, it kind of varies between the game, but 1,000, 1,500 people working. Um, and then on the front office side, behind the scenes, yeah, we've grown We've grown a huge amount. I don't know the exact number when I started in 2006. I've, I know it was less than 150 people full-time in the front office that, you know, between marketing and sales and accounting and baseball ops and, you know, <clears throat> engineering, grounds group. Uh, but now we're, we're well over 300 probably well over 350 closing in on 400 full-time people and that includes our scouts that are not necessarily here that are spread throughout the country um and our minor leagues as well but but we are a we are a big operation um but you know we need those people we need every last one of them to help make this thing go on a daily basis yeah i mean to do some of this like money ball stuff it it probably takes a lot of people but it, it does sound really really great Um, And I can say for sure that the how it translates to somebody coming to the game, uh, it really it translates very nicely. Uh, Yeah, I was gonna. I I wanted to say on that you mentioned you know having southern hospitality having a good experience. One of the things that we really drive home uh, in all of our game day staff, you know, we do a bunch of trainings every preseason. Even if you've been here for 25 years and worked as an usher or ticket taker, you go through the same kind of um, just kind of a refresher training, but. We really emphasize what's called the three bases of service. So um, it's a warm welcome. So, you know, welcome to SunTrust Park. Um, so warm welcome, anticipate needs. So how can I help you? Or, you know, what are you looking for today? Or, you know, what area do you want to sit in? In our case, if you're, if you're pushing tickets at the window. Um, and then a, a fun farewell. So, you know, have a, have a great day. Enjoy the game. Safe driving home. You know, we'll have people at the gates on the way out every single night. You know, wishing everybody a fun farewell. Have a you know, safe trip home or, you know, anything that you need out with before you leave, that type of thing. And then engaging the children as well. So in our case, at a ticket window, you know, a family comes up and there's there's a little guy or girl sitting there like barely peeking above the window. You know, you want to take a second and just, you know, say hello, ask them who their favorite player is and kind of get them engaged, get them excited about the game. But we do we do focus on making sure our three base servers are covered in all of our interactions with, with guests. That's funny, too, that you mentioned those three basics of service because I could definitely point out that the people that I engage with, they definitely did that. And I was yeah. thinking about it. I've been to probably more baseball games this year than I've been to in a while. And I can re- specifically remember where uh, one ballpark I went to early in the season and where I had the exact opposite experience because I was looking for something, you know, and I have my son in tow, so I'm looking for something that would be cool for him. And they just really didn't want to be bothered by me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, it is. But, I, I mean, I think it's great. And if anybody gets a chance to come to the ballpark to check it out, I think they should because it was great. Um, but I want to ask you before I go, because I know we both have a heart out here, about the conferences coming up in November. The regional yes. intakes. Yeah, so we uh, so we have what's called GAPTA, G-A-P-T-A. Uh, it's the Georgia Professional Teach. Uh, sorry, Georgia, not to be confused with the Georgia Professional Teacher Association. It's the Georgia Professional Ticketing Association. 
Um, so we've actually had a I small... let you screw it up saying it, not I know, me. I, did, I, did, <laughs> I, know, I was I was president. I was president of Gapta for a couple of years. I always wonder, I'm like, why can't we get this specific website that's like you know Gapta.org? Why can't we get it? I'm like, well, that's the Georgia PTA. It's the Georgia you know, Parent Teacher Association. Um, so yeah, I, it's probably the first time in a while I've said that. But yeah, so the Georgia Professional Ticketing Association. We're having our conference. Uh, November 5th, it's happening here at SunTrust Park. It's it's kind of a spin-off. It's a mini Intix is what we like to call it. There's a lot of people that, that either can't afford the time or just can't afford the cost to go to the annual Intix conference. Um, so we have a regional group, about 100, 120 people strong uh, from the Georgia, um, Atlanta area, state of Georgia. Uh, and we have some folks that come in from uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Um, so we have a good group of people. We meet every other month uh, for, a, for a lunch and learn. Um, and then every other year in November, we do a one-day conference. So we're having our one-day conference uh, November 5th. If anybody wants information on or wants to attend, it's uh, the email is gapta, G-A-P-T-A, 0708 at gmail.com. I guess you can tell what year they put the email together, 0708. <laughs> so it's gapta0708 at gmail.com. There's some other folks that run the run the association now, but... Um, yeah, we're going to have a one-day conference talking about, you know, a lot of the topics that we'll be discussing at Intix, um, you know, from mobile ticketing to premium seating, but it's also a great chance to kind of network with people if you're, uh, if you're able to make it to the Atlanta area on that day. Yeah, and I'll uh, make sure I link to everything in the show notes, uh, and I know that we have been working on trying to find you some really great speakers uh, yes. to come in from, you know, around the world. So I think there's going to be some surprises in store for people, so it will be very much worth their time and their yes. attention. Definitely. Now, Anthony, where would I point people to if they want to find out more about you and keep up with you on the Internet? Uh, so I am on Twitter. It's uh, Espo, E-S-P-O, uh, underscore Zito, S-I-T-O. Espo Zito is my last name, but it's got a little underscore in between. Um, I don't have a lot of tweets. I don't have a lot of followers. I've lost my account. So I went through a little social media, uh, I don't know what you call it, earlier in the year, and I just kind of deactivated my account for a couple of days longer than Twitter allows me. So I lost, you know, I had an account for years and years, but anyways, hey, social media cleanse. Yeah. Social media cleanse, but that's, that's my problem. Not anybody else's. So, but I've got a point, a, the loss of followers is, we know that it's yeah. a, a point of contention. Yeah. And all, my, all, my, all my tweets and everything I had tweeted in, in years, not that I had tweeted much, but enough. To, uh, um, but anyway, so I'm on there and then uh, LinkedIn, you can find me as well. Just Anthony Esposito for the Atlanta Braves. Um, I'll pop right up on there. So, uh, yeah, connect with me and uh, come come see a Braves game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for doing this for me. All right, thanks, Dave. What did you think about my conversation with Anthony Esposito from the Atlanta Braves? Let me know by sending me an email. It is my name, Dave at DaveWakeman.com. You can also visit my website. That's www.DaveWakeman.com. We're going through a little bit of an update, a upgrade uh, a reinvention of the website so there's going to be um, a lot of cool stuff going on there so make sure you bookmark it uh, and check back frequently because the blog's getting updated there's going to be more handouts more worksheets uh, all kinds of crazy stuff is going to be going on there as always i want to remind you if you like the podcast if you find the podcast valuable i would be grateful if you would share one episode with a colleague a friend someone you think would find this valuable if you already have done that or if you do it and you want to do some more i'd love it if you'd subscribe 
We're on almost all of the major platforms, if not all of the major platforms now. And if you've gone that far, I'd love it if you'd leave a review. It helps me understand um, what's working, what's not. It helps people discover the podcast, and it helps make sure that I'm continuing to give you the kind of content and conversations that are beneficial to you. I want to remind you to come see me in Sydney, Australia at the Ticketing Professionals Conference on the 14th and 15th of November. You can get your tickets by visiting their website at www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, I'm going to be giving the opening keynote address on change and innovation. It's going to be a um, really like a shot of adrenaline, I think. I think that they, we're going to have a, uh, a great time together, so I hope to see you there. So get your tickets at www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. I also want to remind you about my new newsletter once a week on Fridays called Talking Tickets. Five bullet points, uh, five stories you should have maybe been paying attention to or maybe you did uh, with a little bit of paragraph or less, probably a couple sentences of insight about what you should be paying attention to or why the story is important or maybe something you missed about the story. You can get that uh, Talking Tickets email by sending me an email at my name, Dave, at DaveWakeman.com and put the subject line, Talking Tickets, in the subject line until I get um, the landing page set up so I can point you right to it. But there will also be a link to the landing page in the show notes. Also, one more thing, come see me in Melbourne, Australia, on the Monday, the 18th of November, where I'm going to be delivering a full-day workshop called Talk uh, Fans for Life, Creating and Keeping the Modern Fan. Uh, it's going to help people in theaters and sports and entertainment answer the question that is on everyone's minds this this year, this year and the past few years, which is how can we grow our fan base and how can we get people to get off their couches, off their chairs, off their phones and come to our events. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff, including uh, lifetime fan value, the fan marketing funnel, uh, understanding fan life cycles, um, customization of the purchaser's path, uh, rethinking revenue, um, using the first purchase as a jumping off point for a relationship, uh, adding value, a fan bill of rights, a fan first commitment, innovation, and a whole lot more. So you can get those tickets on Eventbrite by going there, searching for Fans for Life, and creating and keeping the modern fan, or by typing in my name, Dave Wakeman, and it'll take you right there to the landing page for the event which I will also link to in the show notes. Finally, I want to thank my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection, for being my partner in the podcast and working with me on so many other great projects. To find out how you and your organization can partner with Booking Protect to deliver a world-class customer service experience to your guests, how you can give the guests more peace of mind as the purchasing time pushes further and further out, and maybe most importantly to you who's listening, can create a brand new stream of revenue for your organization, visit them at www.bookingprotect.com and tell them I sent you. As always, I want to thank you for being here and thank you for listening. Until next time, take it easy and I will see you soon. <laughs>